All right, welcome to a special edition of After the Sermon Ends. We know that after the sermon ends, the conversations begin. However, we have Josh Richards in the building. And in this episode, we want to find out who you are, Josh. Not everyone knows you. And before I get all the questions and before we have to re-explain and explain, you know, individually, I want to capture just an introduction of who you are so that people can know you and understand where you're coming from and what your what your task is here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really glad to, to be here and to be a part of the City Church family and just everything that this church has been um, been doing. And, you know, I've grown up in the Flowery Branch, Gainesville area, uh, grew up at Chestnut Mountain Church, um, got saved there when I was in sixth grade. Um, but yeah, I graduated from the University of North Georgia a few years ago. And um, for me, the, the goal has always been to pursue a career in ministry and to pursue um, ways that I can serve the Lord and serve others as best as I can and devote my life entirely to that. And yeah, I'm just this is just another way that, that I can do that by serving here at City Church and, and being a part of this church body. Yeah, we're... We're grateful that the Lord brought you here. I I realized how strongly you emphasize that shout out to Chestnut Mountain Church. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, that's that's my home. Yeah, amen. Um, so the Lord ha- has brought you here, um, but you grew up Gainesville, Flowery Branch area, and where are you where are you staying now? Yeah, I'm still I'm still in the Gainesville area. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you went to UNG, mm-hmm. poli sci. Yeah. So, so where do you fall as far as all of the political unrest? What what advice can you give us from your studies? Yes. Yeah, so, being a political science major, you know, people always tell me that you know I, I should have gone into politics or I need to you know run for office or something like that. But actually, it's the exact opposite. You know, being a political science major, you know, we're taught to just kind of observe the political events as they are, as a scientist would, and just you know figure out reasons for them and figure out you know either solutions or just you know um, just observations about them. Um, and we can have theories, things like that. But um, all the political unrest, you know, I, I always take it back to just a spiritual level of, um, you know, there there's a real enemy. We just talked about it in Ephesians 6. There's a real enemy, a real spiritual enemy who is attacking us and wanting us to to be divided on all levels, on on all sorts of topics. And, and no matter what I was studying, it was always um, just a search for human power over other people. And, you know, my goal has always been to pursue Christ with the, the, the knowledge that, you know, people are getting attacked and that they aren't my enemy. And I, I want to pursue people with the love of Christ and show them, hey, like, I'm not against you if I have a different political view than you. Um, you know, I want to just show you that we can all be unified, you know, through Jesus Christ, whatever political leaning you have. Um, but honestly, the with the political science side, I took a lot more international political classes and I wasn't much on the domestic side. So I just, I'm much like everybody else where I just want to leave it on the side. But, um, I do, um, I I do think it's interesting to look at just some of the reasoning why things are happening and, and offering up some, some observations and some helpful thoughts, but not necessarily, um, 
you know, always taking one side or the other, being super extremist. So talk to me really just quickly about identity politics and then we'll get we'll get moving on. Yeah, I think um, just the identity politics, like it's so easy for people to identify themselves as Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, um, or just they are this one thing. Um, and that is their identity and they have to identify, um, that way. And they have to believe everything that that side says. Um, whereas if you really look at it, you know, conservatives have, you know, differing levels of views on, um, certain issues and, you know, each, each view is still valuable because it's coming from a person that, that God is working through or God is, or God has created. And, you know, I want to be one that listens to all the views, not just say, oh, you're on this other side of the spectrum. I'm not going to listen to you at all. And, um, the political spectrum, the political spectrum. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how, how dangerous is that for, for the Christian? Yeah, very dangerous. Like I, you see it even with, you know, COVID policies and the things happening today where if you don't fall on this, this fall in line on this one issue, then, then you can't be in line with the Christians. But, you know, there's so many differing views that, um, you know, how can you define this is the one Christian view? No, our, the one Christian view is Jesus Christ and he is our guiding light and whatever he shows us through the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to follow. Yeah, it's it's been interesting to me in this in this season of political unrest, let's call it, um, that that even at the at the Christian level, or, or I guess really that's all that I want to consider. But mm-hmm. specifically at the at the Christian level, this this identity politics, it's so quickly to to get you sucked in yeah or it's so quick to get you sucked in and then just sweep you away mm-hmm. like and then you're just you're down deep in some rabbit hole mm-hmm. with all these views that really um, isolate or divide you yep. from all these other people and and here's where it gets dangerous is because it it can divide you from other believers mm-hmm. right this we're talking about politics and yes like our our duty as Christians is to be obedient to God first rather than to man. Yep. And yes, there are some there are some um, laws and petitions and movements that that I think are explicitly against Scripture and that yeah. Christian uh, Christians shouldn't condone. However, mm-hmm. I think generally speaking, there's more commonly there's a a um you know it's it's one of those things where you can be a christian yeah. and and not vote this way or mm-hmm. not agree on on this issue yep. um and then you know the media has done a great job at at blowing up all the exceptions to that and making that seem like it's the norm making yeah. it seem bigger than it really is but all right so that's political science that's your your college experience did you yep. play any sports growing up I played soccer up until my junior year in high school, and I still love soccer to this day. Like Why it's one of my core passions. Year? It there there is a whole big part of my story there. Of one, I was dealing with a lot of confidence issues, and you know, I was putting my identity in my performance for soccer, and um, 
I was not, I was, I was not performing well. And so that was crushing my identity. And even in practice, like if I, I was a goalkeeper and if I let a goal go in, then like I would just be in my head for the rest of the time. And I just, it, it, it just wasn't fun for me anymore. And to me, soccer is, is one of my passions and I love it. But if it's not going to be fun to play, if I'm always going to be overanalyzing every single performance, then it, it's not something, you know, that I want to be pursuing. But the other thing that really changed it for me was the spring break of my junior year. I went on my first mission trip um, to Uganda. And, you know, since then, God's shown me, he's like, all right, you know, I'm going to do something different with your life. And, you know, soccer is still a big part of my life. I still watch it all the time. I still want to, um, you know, be in ministry in the soccer world in the future. But, um, but yeah, that was God showing me. It's like, okay, I have a different plan for your life right now. You know, what's beautiful about that is that more than any other sport, that is an international game. Mm Mm-hmm. Like here, here's Josh, this missionary who loves this game that is played everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a beautiful thing. God can use that uh, immensely. So I can't can't tell you how many times like I've gone into a situation overseas on numerous mission trips and haven't spoken the language, but I can just jump into a soccer game with some with some guys and make a better you know connection with them than I would have just trying to talk with them for two, three hours at a time. Where was, um, where did you find the best competition internationally? Uh, in, in Uganda, there's some really good players. They all play barefoot where, where we were. And I actually got recruited to play on their city team. Um, and they would play every Sunday against different other city teams that would come. And while, while I was playing, we were undefeated. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Did you wear shoes? I wore shoes. Oh, yeah. what a cheater. What a <laughs> cheater. But I was playing goalkeeper. I wasn't, I wasn't oh, okay. running up and down against these guys. I wasn't trying to you know, step on them or anything like that. I was, I was playing with shoes, but as a goalkeeper, you usually use gloves, right. and I wasn't using gloves. So that was a little bit of a stretch, but um, we had a really good team. You should have took your shoes off and put them on your feet. <laughs> Could have done that, yeah. Or put them on your hands. Yeah, put it on your hands. Yeah, not yeah. your feet. That's where they, that's where they go <laughs> always. Yeah, I could have done that. All right, so so talk to me about how the Lord has brought you to City Church. Talk to me about your current uh, vocation, your current direction, your current ministry. Talk to me about that. Yes, so um, currently I am working at a missions organization called Real Impact Missions, and we do some short-term mission trips. Uh, shout out to RIM if you want to go on a trip. They're, they're a great organization to go through. Um, hit me up and we'll get you on a mission trip. But um but yeah, I've been working with them for three years now, and it really is an incredible ministry of where we're able to just go into so many different countries around the world and connect with pastors who are um, already doing the work in these locations, and we just connect with them and we say, hey, how can we help you? And how can we partner with you in ministry and not try to do our own thing? Um, but I do admissions over there, so everything pre-trip, the donations, passports, all that stuff, I'm in charge of that. Um but the Lord brought me to City Church through the connection that it has with Chestnut Mountain. Um, we uh, Chestnut Mountain started um, partnering with City Church and helping them out um, back um, some sometime last year in 2020. And uh, I just I was just interested in just trying it out, coming up here. And I came up here one Sunday night at 5 p.m. and just really loved 
the the vibe that it had, the the different feel that it had from from my church. It wasn't a bad difference, but um, it's just it was just a change of pace for me. It's a more intimate worship atmosphere. The people here are really genuine. I love the the slogan and the motto that you know everyone's welcome because no one is perfect. Like that's exactly you know how I want to live my life. And um, yeah, just got connected through people from Chester Mountain inviting me here. And um, yeah, I'm excited to carry on the the ministry with that. I want to I want to see if if this is a um, if this is a culture. If you could define the the atmosphere here at City Church, specifically the the atmosphere in worship, how would you describe it in one word? Probably the the word I would choose would be intimate. Intimate. All right. I choose or I chose authentic. Yeah. And I was like the second or third person who had said that. Mm-hmm. Um, intimate, authentic. I like it. These are good things. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So you're the one of the newest residents at Chestnut Mountain Church's residency. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to me about that. Yeah, th- this residency is a recently new thing from Chestnut Mountain, and it's a really cool thing, just equipping um, young people with that with a passion to go into ministry and that want to go into vocational ministry, to just give them, give them opportunity for just getting a ton of experience. And, you know, in this residency, I've been connected with City Church being sent from Chestnut Mountain here um, to you know, help out in a, in a lot of different ways and, um, just partner with, you know, the people that are already here. You know, I'm not looking to, you know, be anything special or have any type of platform. I just, I just want to serve and love this city because I know there's a ton of, uh, potential and there's a ton of people in the city that need to be reached and city church is in a prime spot to do that. Um, but yeah, this residency is a, is a really cool opportunity. There's going to be leadership development involved and, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really formative time for me just to sit in this season and and learn under some really great mentors and get a ton of experience. Yeah, um, I hope those mentors are anybody but me. Oh no, you're the, you're one of the core ones. But um, all right, so I just have a this is off the cuff. Yeah, almost as if all of this hasn't been. But you know, you've you've traveled, you've you've seen churches, you've seen believers, mm-hmm. you've seen communities of believers all around the world. Mm-hmm. What is one of your concerns about the disconnect between the the church here in the West and the the church, you know, around the world or in the East? Yeah, I think um, kind of what we were getting at with, with the culture here of being intimate and authentic, you know, that's kind of how I've experienced it overseas in these churches where they're not necessarily concerned about size or the success of a, of a particular ministry event. Um, they're just there to worship God, you know, and there's, there's so much prayer involved and there's so much intentionality with each other throughout the week. Um, and it really is just a family of worshipers in, in their churches. And, I think it's so easy for us to treat church as just something we do on Sunday. Um, it's for people working in the church. It can be, you know, it, you know me included. It can be, um, you know, treated as a job and something that we just we just do 
you know, and if the, if a ministry event doesn't go well, if we don't get the numbers, then, oh, that wasn't very successful. But, um, when all we really want to do is just be a family of worshipers pointing each other to Jesus on a consistent basis. And, you know, overseas in these churches, it doesn't matter what language we speak. I've just been able to go in and worship God freely as I, as I would here, because the people I'm worshiping with welcome me in and allow me to, you know, worship, you know, where I'm at. And they don't try to, you know, make you be something you're not. They just, everybody knows that they're coming in with the stuff they're dealing with. Some, like a lot of them are dealing with poverty in a lot of these places, especially Uganda. Um, but their goal is just to point each other to Jesus. I think it's important that that as we continue to grow here at City Church and any church, as God continues to give us increase, as God continu- continues to give us resources, mm-hmm. that that we remember that this is a community, that it's a family, that we are one body in Christ, yeah. um, and not to not to get overwhelmed with resources, not to get o- overwhelmed with ministry events, you know, trying to hit these, um, these performance indicators, right? Like, right. like, yes, we want to quantify. Yes, we want to uh, review or examine how things went to see if they're effective. Mm-hmm. But I think if we, if we consider that, that family approach, what we get is something that's personalized, that it's, it's specific to... Um, to our area and contextualized to the people that right. are around us. Right. Um, and then as we go abroad, you know, it, it's the same thing. Like you don't go there trying to sing and preach and do all these things in a language that they wouldn't understand or in a way that that they wouldn't resonate with. Yeah. But as long as you're worshiping God in spirit and in truth, mm-hmm. then that's what matters. Yeah. So you don't try to recreate something that you would do here over there. No, you you assimilate yeah. in a sense to their uh, to their spiritual setting. Yeah. Um, and in this case, you know, I'm not saying that you would worship, you know, a false god or anything else, but you know, in the Christian sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Well. Thank you for joining us for another episode of After the Sermon Ends. This was the special edition where we introduced our friend, our brother in Christ, Josh Richards, and introduced him into the City Church family, formally, officially, unofficially, I don't know. But hey, you're here, <laughs> and we love you, and we're thankful for you. Praise God, and I pray that um, that he uses you, uses yeah, you here. Praise God. I'm excited to see what happens. Thank you.